0: Voice of San Diego podcasts are sponsored by the Bob Nelson Charitable Fund, honoring the San Diego Harbor Police Foundation. Thanks for listening to the Voice of San Diego podcast in partnership with News Radio 600 Kogo. I'm Nate John, the digital manager at Voice of San Diego. Scott, Andy, and Sarah are out this week, but they will be back in the new year. Meantime, for this week, we do have a great story for you that we're going to share. It comes from our show called Good Schools for All. It's a show that's all about how schools work and how they don't. In this story, one mom found out that she could choose a school for her kid to give him the best education she could, but she only had two weeks to make it happen. Education reporter Will Huntsbury takes it from here. <music>
1: This week, one family goes through the process of trying to choose the best school for their child against the clock. Engagement editor Megan Wood sat down with that family.
2: Like so okay, show her how, how they work. Here's, Here's the first page. Okay.
3: You so have to like So tell her what she needs to find in the
1: Okay, so Megan, this week we're talking about school choice.
4: Right. A lot of people don't know that school choice is actually a thing, uh, that your kid doesn't have to go to the school that's closest to your home. Right. If you don't like the school for whatever reason, you know, low test scores, it's not as convenient for you. There's another school that fits your child's interests better. Whatever the reason is, there's a way to pick a different school. There are different options.
1: Right. And the way it works in San Diego Unified, the second biggest district in this state, is that... You know, we'll open up a choice window in the fall, and during that time, parents can choose up to three schools. But just because they're choosing three doesn't necessarily mean they'll get into any of them. It's all dependent on space.
4: Right, and then there are also charter schools, which is a completely different application process.
1: Right, 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 right. So this week, you're going to tell us the story of one family and their journey with choice, right?
4: Right. I met a parent who found out about choice the hard way. Her name is Bonnie Taylor. Yes. Yeah, so my name is Bonnie Taylor, and
2: I am a stay-at-home mom slash part-time work in real
4: estate. I've got some rental properties that I manage. And she has two young boys. Six. What's your name? Arlo. Arlo. And what's your name?
3: I V E R.
4: And what does that spell? Ivor. Ivor and Arlo.
1: So you said she found out the hard way about school choice. What does that mean?
4: Right. So Bonnie told me that she was searching online for something completely random.
1: What was she searching for? Do you know?
4: She doesn't remember, but she just knows she wasn't looking for school choice. And that's what she came across. And her son wasn't going to start kindergarten for another year. This was back in 2017. Right. But she realized that if she wanted to take part in the school choice process, she had to submit her application in two weeks.
1: So this is like the fall of 2017. And the stakes are that you've got to choose for the next year, the fall of 2018, basically a year later. And she's realizing she's only got two weeks to do it. Exactly. So what did she do when she realized that this this time crunch was on? Did she freak out?
4: Yeah, she said it was a very stressful two weeks. And I started freaking
2: out because I thought I only have two weeks to figure out his entire education path. <laughs> Uh, then
4: started just kind of the mad dash for the next two weeks. It was so crazy. So she kind of started by, you know, doing her research. She said she's big into spreadsheets and data. So she started listing all of the schools she could be interested in. I first did a ton of
2: research, got my spreadsheets, figured out what schools I wanted to consider based on maybe their magnet status, if they're a magnet school or a traditional school or some traditional schools have their own kind of unique Programs or philosophies. Um, So I just started with a big list. And then from there, I realized that schools have tours you could go on. And so I called each school
4: and found out. I think she came up with maybe 20 schools and then narrowed it down to 10. And then her next step was to take tours of the school. She realized that you could actually go to the campus, take a look, you know, go into a classroom and talk to teachers. Right. So she started scheduling those tours. And meanwhile, you know, she's taking care of two kids. She's working part time. Um, Some didn't want kids there. So you could really
2: focus and learn more about the school. Um, But that's not really practical sometimes. So sometimes my husband went on the tour. Sometimes I went by myself. Sometimes I took the kids with me by myself. It was just kind of crazy running around for two weeks trying to get all
4: the tours in that of the schools that run my list so she started taking the tours of schools with her husband um and then she started narrowing it down
1: so she starts with a spreadsheet of 20 schools right wow roughly yeah did she tell you what criteria she was looking at for these 20 schools to get on the list
4: so she was fine with her neighborhood school. It was a good school. Um, she said online the rating was 5 out of 10. But she wanted to explore her options. You know, a school with maybe a better environment and more programs for her kids, something that's better suited his
1: interests. Right. So a 5 out of 10. And we can presume she got this score off of greatschools.org, which is where hundreds of probably millions of parents go to check schools. Yes. Quality and like – Largely that five out of 10 is a reflection of test scores. Right. And so it sounds like she, it sounds like she probably experienced what every parent experiences where you have this moment of panic that like, it's my responsibility to try to get my child into the best school I possibly can. And so I'm going to be looking for a 10 out of 10, right?
4: Right. And I mean, she emphasized that what she decides on now kind of sets her son up for his future, right? Because once you leave kindergarten, you go to elementary, middle, high school. So it's a big decision.
2: Just thinking that, you know, I don't necessarily want him to go to Harvard, but it was still felt like a lot of preparation to even get him into a kindergarten. And that's only because we didn't really feel strongly about our local school. The ratings um, in particular were not very good.
4: Which school was that?
2: Um, Juarez. Okay. And I think it has a five rating? Out of 10. Out of 10. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that was So that
1: was how much time did she ultimately have to spend on this? It sounded like you said she was working part-time, so it sounds like she had some extra time on her hands to turn this into a full-time job almost.
4: She spent a lot of time on this. It really sounded like it consumed her life for the entire two weeks.
1: I mean, it's almost a blessing in that sense that she only had two weeks. If she'd have been doing this for months, she probably would have been banging her head against it. Yeah. (laughs) So you said she started with a list of 20 schools in a spreadsheet. Sounds amazing. Um, What was she looking for in these schools? What, What was she hoping for?
4: Well, there were a lot of things to consider, um, but she was definitely looking at after school programs, you know, the quality of the teachers at the school. Um, And, you know, schools have a lot of different activities. Some have, um, you know, robotics clubs, chess clubs. Some offer arts programs during school. Um, some Some schools even have gardening classes.
1: Right. And then there's like special programs as well on top of that. Like some schools are international baccalaureate, which is like a special, well recognized program, or some are dual language immersion. So she, she's basically sifting through all these options then.
4: Yes. Was there a checklist that, you know, things you wanted to check off your list? Uh, we like definitely
2: like the IB magnet schools just because we're both big travelers, and we wanted that as part of our children's lives to learn. Um, And another thing on our list was the use of technology. A lot of schools use Chromebooks, and they kind of increase the amount of time spent on them as you progress through the grades. And I'm not really big on technology for kids. Like, our kids don't have tablets or anything like that. And I didn't want my kids learning (laughs) that way through... A lot of their education. Um, other schools had it a lot more often, and that was kind of a big uh, turnoff for us. Okay. Um, other things on our list were the programs, a Spanish program, a gardening program, extra PE, um, arts, and a lot of schools don't have that. Um,
1: a lot of the it's an interesting point you bring up, though, like don't even have how we decide what is a good school. Like the great school score is one thing that largely relies on tests. So Bonnie's doing something totally different. She's basically going to all these schools and trying to make a decision going off the vibe of the place.
4: Right. And then you also see how people are interacting with the kids, right? Is the principal really friendly? Um, Are the teachers taking time to individually work with students?
1: So after these tours took place, they had to come up with three choices, right?
4: Right, and that's where the hard part came in. So she had to narrow it down, her and her husband. Um, And then she also, in the back of her mind, had charter schools. So that's a completely different um, time period that she was also applying to different charter schools.
2: don't think that the charters are maybe a separate process but it's kind of a similar in the steps that you need to take to figure out if you want to pursue the charter school options but you just have to contact each school directly and they all have their own
4: application process there's a lot of charters
2: there's a lot of charters yeah um so we applied to i don't know maybe five or six charters that were local, you know, closer to us. Um, so we applied to a lot of schools. We're at our top three choice schools, and then we had maybe five charter applications out. But I'm just really fortunate that there's so many different options in San Diego. And, you know, it's like my sister who lives in Seattle, they don't have that. And they just go to their the neighborhood school, which is the school that I grew up in. And it's kind of gone downhill since I've Went to school there, Um, but we're just really fortunate here in San Diego that there are so many different options.
1: Okay, so we've gone through the fall choice window uh, at San Diego Unified School District. Now we're into the winter of the year before her son is going to go to school. She starts applying for charter schools as well. Does she find out immediately if she gets in?
4: Oh, no. It's it's a waiting game. So after
2: you submit your choice form in mid-November, you wait and you wait and you wait until I think... They start notifying maybe February or March, something like that. And you don't really know if you don't get in. And so if you do get in, they'll send you an email. And so you have to be checking your email all the time because if you don't reply and confirm within a short time frame, I don't know, maybe two days or something, they'll give your space away to somebody
4: else. Bonnie said this was a very nerve-wracking time, and um, she actually didn't think she was going to get into her top choice.
1: So why didn't she think she was going to get in?
4: Well, when her family went on a tour, I guess the school had told her that only 30% of the choice applicants actually got into the school um, because they had so few seats.
1: Right. So she's waiting and waiting and waiting. And on top of that, she's saying, I'm probably not even going to get my first choice.
4: Right. So she was just banking on her second choice.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so when did she start to find out if she got into schools or not? To somebody else.
2: And I think we got our email in April. And so I think maybe somebody didn't, you know, confirm in time and there was an extra seat and like I think that's kinda how we got in. It was just a random email and I saw it and I was really excited.
4: So she was banking on her second choice, but then she hears back and she got into her first choice, which is Bernie Elementary School. And they got into their top choice of charter school.
1: So after you've put all this work in of a spreadsheet of 20 schools down to 10 schools, 10 tour visits or however many it was. And now she's got like two schools right in front of her. How did she describe how difficult that must be?
4: She said it was so hard to decide. So after months and months of waiting, like this is such a hard decision for her. On one hand, you've got a great traditional public school, amazing ratings, uh, good test scores, teachers. And then you've got this innovative charter school. So her and her husband have to decide really quickly which school they want their son to go to. And not only that, but this is probably going to make up their minds for where their younger son is going to go in another two years
1: so they're not when they make this choice they're not just seeing a child in kindergarten they're like potentially like picturing their child going to college and how somehow this is all going to affect that
4: right and actually what bonnie told me is she said i don't want like i don't necessarily want my son to go to harvard but this is an important decision now this could lead up to college
1: it's almost you know i i'm almost struck that it's like it's a lot to ask of parents to enter this choice process and and think that these decisions could have such wide-ranging implications later. Right. I mean, you know, Bonnie was in this really lucky place. She was. Where she could put all this time into that. This not Not every parent is able to do that. Did she talk about that?
4: Yeah. So Bonnie knew that. And so she actually writes a blog. That's how I found her online. And she kind of laid out the school choice process to try to help other parents who don't have the resources that she does to help them choose a school. Um, But I think I would just tell people
2: don't stress out about it like I did. (laughs) It's really pretty simple when you pare it all down. You just figure out what schools you may be interested in. Go have a tour submit your choices, and then you wait. And it is um, a little nerve-wracking during the waiting period. Like right now we're waiting to see if our son will get in to the same school as his brother. But we won't know until next year. So um, it's just kind of a waiting game.
1: So look, Megan, do you buy this argument that Bonnie's making that that choice is just a simple process?
4: I mean, it's clearly not that simple, especially if it's your first time. Um, But I think experts would argue that the system favors people with more time on their hands. Um, But I think Bonnie, what she's trying to say is that she's trying to be helpful, you know, putting together these details, this information for people who haven't been through the process before. So they're not alone. So they're really happy with their choice. They think they picked the right school for their son, and their son loves it too. So specifically, Bonnie said that the teachers are amazing. She likes the curriculum uh, and that she also likes the in-school programming. So Arlo actually told me about the running club that they have before school. It's really cute. So every morning, your child can go to school and just run a couple of laps before he goes to class. Uh-huh. And... Arlo has actually run enough laps to collect these little plastic feet necklaces. Um, So he had three on like um, a string around his neck and he actually ran an extra 23 laps to get another one for his little brother.
3: I got uh, 23
4: laps. That's how much laps you have to get to get a foot necklace.
3: That's a lot. Yeah. So why do you have three? because I ran 23 laps every single time
1: on this.
4: Every single time? Oh, thank you. Because his brother's favorite color is green, he said he wanted to get a green foot for his little brother, Ivor.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so cute.
4: Yeah. Um,
1: is there anything else about the school that he really likes?
4: Yeah, you know, he was really interested in the after-school programs. He told me himself that he really loved going to these this robotics class after school. So my robotics
3: class is like I make uh, things. I made a glowing worm, and then I made a, and then I made a worm that could move. But it was almost until the after-school program was done. But we tested it out,
4: and it was good. And, it and he even it knew how to play long. chess because of a club after school. Um, and he loves the running club too.
1: So what's her, what's her blog called?
4: Her blog is called Fam Diego, and she said it's mostly on Instagram, but it's also, there's a website, and she actually documents all the things her family does in San Diego, uh, mainly for other parents to see, you know, where you can take your kid and fun activities to do.
1: So what are some samplings of some blog posts?
4: All right, let me pull up her Instagram. Okay, so she has a post from October 25th, and she went to the USS Midway with her kids, and she writes... Do your kids ever push your buttons? Mine too. If you take them to the USS Midway, they can push all the buttons they want. It's so kid-friendly, they can touch and play with almost everything on board. Go there while kids are free in October. (laughs) So cute. (laughs) (laughs) She also recently had a post in October about school choice, reminding other parents that it was time to apply.
3: I think so. My teacher is Miss Garcia, and she's very nice. And she likes. Uh, and I gave her some highlighters, right, Mama? You did, yeah. And.
0: Thanks for listening to the Voice of San Diego podcast. If you liked this story, there are more like it in the other podcast called Good Schools for All from Voice of San Diego. You can find a link for that in the show notes or just search Good Schools for All wherever you're listening to this show right now. And as 2019 wraps up, so does Voice of San Diego's year-end fundraising campaign. So here at Voice, we're aiming to raise $200,000 by the end of the year. And we're making really good progress, but we do need you to help us get to the finish line. So if you've enjoyed the podcast this year and you want to support all the work that we do at Voice... Join the campaign. You can do that at vosd.org slash give. Again, that's vosd.org slash give. I'm Nate John, the digital manager at Voice of San Diego. We will have a new show for you next week. Happy New Year.